wherever your alarm goes off. All over this amazing place we call home, it doesn't get any better than this. Well, it could. We just don't have the budget. Broadcasting live and local, this is Lee Faulkner on 864 Triple M. And welcome to the podcast, an opportunity for you to catch up on things that you might have missed out on in the show or that you want to hear again and some of the things that didn't quite make it to air. We kicked off the week by catching up with Ian Mills, General Manager of Event Cinemas in Toowoomba. The Grand Central Cinemas have been closed since that unbelievable hailstorm on the 16th of December and they remain closed for some time. We caught up with uh, Ian to find out when we're likely to be able to head back into the movies. Uh, so, yeah, no, we lost quite a number of cinemas. Um, just uh, gutterings, just couldn't hold up with all the ice and the hail. And yes. There was overflows and everything. So, look, the, the, dim- the damage was much more significant than we ever thought. Um, walking there at three in the morning it was a bit of a surprise, but... We've been off the screen ever since. That's how bad the damage is. Yeah. And to be honest, we, we don't even have a, a date of reopening yet. It, it's pretty significant, the damage. So, I mean, I, we're not the only one. There's lots of businesses and yes. personal homes got damaged. It was a wild storm. Yeah, it certainly Definitely. was. Uh, all right. So in the meantime, though, all those big blockbusters uh, that people might want to go and check out are uh, still available at the uh, at the Strand down in Margaret Street, yeah? Yeah, that, that's right. The Strand uh, got through that storm with pretty limited damage, so we're pretty lucky in this town. We've got the two cinemas. So, yeah, everything. Spider-Man's still running. There's the Jackass. There's a new film, Moonfall. There's a whole heap, and even the kids' ones are still running. So we're lucky that we managed to transfer all those films down to Strand. Um, and look, uh, we hope we get Grand Central up and running, you know, soon. But we're talking at least weeks, if not longer. So we've just got to wait and see. Um, the good news is that brand new VMAX Auditorium didn't get touched. So when we do open, VMAX is all good. So we, we may even get that open early. We don't know yet. So oh. that's what we're trying to do. Well, it is absolutely brilliant. Well, keep us in the loop then because uh, we will uh, be on hand to let everybody else know about that. Uh, of course, uh, the uh, the Strand Cinema, beautiful historic cinema that's had a, uh, an update over the years and uh, it's a great, really comfortable place to go and watch a movie and, uh, and of course, you can get a, a nice drink and some mm-hmm. memories and things. So uh, maybe mums and dads celebrating a little bit of quiet time. Uh, with every, with the kids going back to well, school, Valentine's Day is coming. Yes, it's a it's a great place to go. What about some of the big movies this year? What what are we looking out for this year? I'm I'm assuming that one of the big blockbusters, because uh, it's been moved a thousand times, uh, Top Gun Two. Yeah. Will we see that at cinemas here locally this year? I do remember showing you that film or that trailer a while ago, yes. Lee, and you were blown away. But yes, it's definitely coming. So around June is what we're hoping. So look. We, we hope that the Grand Central site will be open by, you know, May or June. Um, surely it'll be open by then. And there, there's some great films. So between now and then, there's a few ones like The Batman and there's Ooh. another Fantastic Beasts coming out at Downtown Abbey in April. But, yeah, once we get to May and June, it's like the American summer, there's another Marvel film, Doctor Strange and the Multi-Universe. There's Top Gun. There's a Jurassic World. Ooh. There's for kids. There's Minions. There's... um. There's a Lightyear film, so that's Buzz Lightyear out of Toy Story. So oh, a, yes, the, the origin like story, yes. Yeah, yeah, so there's there's so much coming up from May right through. It, it, it's a cracking year ahead, 
I just hope we got all our bad luck out the way in January. <laughs> there you go. Oh, absolutely. We'll keep our fingers crossed for you, mate. As we say, uh, we'll keep in touch and let everybody know when that's up and running again. But in the meantime, support our local cinemas, event cinemas down there at The Strand. Go to the website and you'll find, just go for The Strand and you'll find all the times for those incredible blockbusters that are coming up there. Uh, and thank you very much for your time this morning, mate. Really appreciate it and all the best with the reopening as it happens. Thanks so much, Lee. Have a Good great day. Mate. You too. It's 19 past eight. You're with Lee for breakfast, 864 Triple M. You cannot be serious! Yes, I'm serious. And following the removal of international troops from Afghanistan, the Taliban was quick to seize power and bizarrely try to convince the world that it had turned over a new leaf. This is, of course, the hardline group who introduced punishments in line with their strict interpretation of Sharia law, such as public executions and amputations. And whilst women are still treated like second-class citizens and there's still a ban on television, music and cinema, and girls aged 10 and over are forbidden from going to school, and despite the odd human rights and cultural atrocities, uh, the Taliban 2.0, as they're now marketing themselves, want you to know that things are different. So... In a new order from the top brass, or linen, Taliban fighters will no longer be allowed to carry their weapons in amusement parks in Afghanistan. Well, that is a big step forward. Taliban fighters, many of whom have spent most of their lives in a 20-year insurgency against a US-backed government, flocked to amusement parks in Afghan cities and towns after they took over in August. Of particular attraction for Taliban fighters was one of Kabul's largest amusement parks in the city's western outskirts. Fighters clutching automatic rifles queued for carousel and swinging pirate ship rides, with regular visitors looking on nervously. So to show the world its newfound sensibilities, Taliban fighters will only be able to execute innocent people outside the theme parks or in designated execution areas. But given dreams and movies are banned and you certainly wouldn't be able to get wet or wild, naming a Taliban-themed amusement park is proving difficult. And after paying $37.50 for a hot dog, chips and a drink, even the Taliban were left questioning who the criminals really are. You cannot be serious! Well, if, like me, you're looking for a bit of a footy fix and you just can't wait for the start of the season or the All-Stars game, which is coming up, why don't you get out and have a look at some great local rugby league because there's some coming up this Saturday. We've got some trial matches in the Garden City. Tony Coonan from the TRL joins me for breakfast. G'day, mate. How you going, Lee? Mate, I'm well. I, I bet, like myself, you're absolutely hanging out for the rugby league season to get underway again. Yeah, I am. But uh, when you talk about the 12th of February, you go, holy hell, it's a long season. <laughs> That's right. It is indeed, mate. All right. Now, you've got some trial matches coming up uh, this weekend. Our Western Clydesdales uh, are going to be in action. Whereabouts is it happening? When? And what are we going to see? Uh, Clydeberg Office Stadium this Saturday, the 12th. And we're playing the Redcliffe Dolphins. You know, pretty good way to start off the season. Let's have the let's have the Dolphins. We played Wide Wide Bay Bulls last week, uh, and in three grades, and we won all three. Wow! But this weekend we've got trials in under 16s, under 18s, under 21s, and the under 19s women's. And because of the nature of the draw, we don't don't often play together. Uh, different teams can be off, going off in different directions. This weekend, we're all together, all under the name of Clydesdales and playing at the stadium. 
How fantastic. All right. Uh, so one o'clock is the under-16s, the Cyril Connell Challenge, and then uh, the yep. under-19 women's at about 20 to 3, 4 o'clock, the under-18s, and at 6 o'clock, the main game. Uh, that is a fantastic afternoon into the evening of uh, Rugby League there at Clyde Berghofer Stadium. And say uh, the trial matches getting us just underway for the uh, the season. How are things shaping up as far as the TRL to get underway this season? Yeah, uh, the TRL is going well. We've got an Indigenous All-Stars game coming up soon. And, uh, yeah, it's the best of non-Indigenous players up against the best of the Indigenous players. And it's going to be a whole day of games. Yeah, and that's that's in a few weeks' time. Just we're narrowing down dates and all that sort of stuff. Yep. Lee, but uh, the TRL season starts the first weekend of April. Okay. And juniors as well, everybody will be back on the field this year as per normal? Yeah. Yeah, right. so they're all back. And, you know, obviously it's easy to say that we're back and we're playing again, but there's so much work that goes on behind the scenes. Oh, yeah. And I know Dan Alden's the chairman of the Toowoomba Junior Rugby League, just does an enormous amount of work. Uh, and just all sorts of complications with COVID trying to get competitions back on track. Dan also happens to be the head of nursing. Uh, so he's, <laughs> he's got a pretty intimate knowledge of COVID. Absolutely. <laughs> well, it is great to see you, and it'll be fantastic to have that local competition, juniors and the seniors, happening for the TRL. But get out and support our representative sides. The Western Clyde does up against Redcliffe. The trial matches this Saturday. Clydeberg off a stadium. Gates will open at midday. And the big game, under 21s, that'll be from 6 o'clock. Plenty of rugby league action to support right here in our region. Uh, Tony, thank you, mate. And we'll uh, keep in touch about that uh, Indigenous All-Stars game too. It sounds yeah, like a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks for always supporting us, Lee. You cannot be serious! Yes, I'm serious. And good news for those from the old dart. The bloke in charge is apparently not a complete clown. This from Boris Johnson's new communications director. As he revealed, the Prime Minister initiated a defiant rendition of a disco classic when the pair met last week. Days after being appointed Number 10's chief spin doctor after a clear out of AIDS over the Partygate scandal, Gudo Hari has been given the tough job of making making Boris Johnson look like a great leader, which is only slightly more difficult than trying to make Cricket Australia look reputable. Hari says on his first day on the job, he walked into Boris's office. He, of course, wasn't there because he was hosting a party out back, but eventually when the two met up, he claims he saluted the PM and then things got weird. When Hari asked, are you going to survive, Boris? He broke into song. The two then exchange lines in some sort of scene reminiscent of a 70s musical, with Hari blurting out, you've got all your life to live, and the PM replying... Hari said there was a lot of laughing until the pair had a serious conversation about how to get the government back on track and save their crumbling nation, adding he's not a complete clown, but instead a very likeable character. Meanwhile, here in Canberra, it's rumoured a very similar conversation took place over the weekend between ScoMo and Barnaby Joyce, with the two going back and forth over the text message scandal. You cannot 
serious. Well, we are highlighting a, a, a wonderful industry that is a huge employer in our part of the world, the hospitality industry, and they have done it very tough over the last couple of years through COVID and probably no more tough than right now, but we're about to find out just how things are going. I'm joined by Delina White from Milk and Honey Cafe in Ann Street. Good morning to you, Delina. Good morning. Now, uh, first of all, you might just start off by telling us uh, a little bit of the history of, of Milk and Honey, uh, set up by yourself and your husband. Uh, how long ago did you open Milk and Honey? Well, um, five years ago, uh, we took over the business. This will be our fifth year, actually, so I can't believe it's been that long. <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, obviously, when you started the business five years ago, you could never have imagined what the last couple of years were in store for you. Uh, and right from, you know, March 2020, things changed dramatically. You had to reinvent a little bit with uh, deliveries and, uh, and a takeaway window and all that sort of stuff. But I'm, I'm led to believe right now for our hospitality industry, it's tougher than it's been the entire time, yeah? Oh, my goodness, yes. I don't think any word can describe how tough it has been for hospitality. I think, you know, it's one of those industries you've got to have a tough skin as it is, but it's certainly tested us and challenged us in a way that we, we never expected. But um, as they say, you've got to adapt and overcome. Um, so, it's yeah, it's it's just been one of those situations where we just have to um, reinvent ourselves, like you say, and um, just keep trying to keep your head above water. Yeah, absolutely. And as I mentioned, I mean, the hospitality industry in this region is a very big employer and uh, ideally uh, you would like to make sure that you've got, you know, a good secure place for your staff to work, but that becomes very difficult under the current scenario, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. Um, The mandates have really shifted things a little bit. Um, Currently, it's just literally myself and Kevin, my husband. Um, We do have a a young school-based apprentice as well, but um, we're certainly taking just the the three of us at the moment. So it is pretty hard and it's become a true family business because my girls have been working here um, who are 11 and almost 10. Um, So I'm actually going to miss them when they go back to school today. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Look, prior to the pandemic, what what sort of uh, staff levels did you have? I mean, you say it's only the three of you now, but but how many were there previously? Oh, in in the good years, we we had about twelve staff go. members. Yeah, yeah. So this is the so impact. Yeah, the impact of it is huge, you know. Um, but the thing is, if you don't have um, any customers, or which which is slowly coming back, which is great, it's really awesome. But you know, as a business owner, you have to make some decisions, and and to make sure that we come through the other end, we've had to make some tough calls, and obviously that puts a strain on ourselves, but. We love what we do, and therefore that's why we're just trying to weather the storm. And um, But the last week has slowly trickled back, which is so positive to see. Um, and we just want to thank everyone for their ongoing support. And, you know, we do really appreciate um, the Toowoomba people rallying around small businesses because hospitality businesses need that now more than ever. Yeah, absolutely. What's, uh, what's the current special? What can we pop in and enjoy uh, there? I know you're open uh, breakfast and, uh, and lunchtime, morning tea. What's the... Uh, What's something we might want to come in and, uh, and enjoy? Oh, well, our crumpets have been a long-standing yeah. member of our um, <laughs> breakfast menu and it has been a bit of a cult following. Um, but we've also got a new, a new menu which features a beautiful pork belly. I'm sure you've had it before, Lee. Yum, I have, and it is fantastic. <laughs> 
Yes, and then a chicken salad as well. So that's been a favourite. But, um, yeah, even our baked goods, we bake them fresh here on site. So, um, yeah, it's really a love of ours and a passion of ours. So just come in and try it. Um, come and have a chat with us. You know, we're a small family business. We love hearing about your stories. We love hearing about your families and, and what you guys get up to on the weekend. It's really the highlight of our day. Well, Milk and Honey, you'll find them uh, at Ann Street in Toowoomba. Check them out uh, on their social pages and online so that you can have a look at uh, some of the exciting things that are happening there as they change their menu quite often. And I can certainly attest to how fantastic the breakfasts are. Absolutely brilliant. Thank you for your support of, uh, of my show. And uh, I hope that uh, that we can, uh, you know, flip the tables and uh, and be the other way at the moment while you're going through this tough time and uh, remind people to get out and support a wonderful local business like you. Delita, thank you for your time this morning. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Lee. Fantastic event coming up for a great uh, cause too, I've got to say. You are going to have a lot of fun at the uh, MNP Security Dust on the Downs on the 26th of February. And uh, Patrick Bundy joins me uh, this morning to tell us a little bit more about it. G'day, Patrick. Yeah, good. Lady, yourself? Oh, mate, brilliant. Uh, this sounds like it's going to be a, a huge event. You've got live music, you've got a car show, and of course, uh, the Dust on the Downs, the whole thing is about this rodeo. Is that right? That's right, Lee. Yeah, we've got... Um what we've got is we've got a show and shine as that uh, the young fella from Brothers has come on, come along and, and wanted to put a show and shine on. Now, the main attraction probably is the Ute, Ute uh, in, in that category, the Ute muster. Then we've got the radio. Then we've got the concert, which is um, in excess tribute band from Melbourne. That'll be a great night. Uh, now, this is all happening out at the Brothers uh, Rugby League uh, Club ground. Is that right? That's correct, Hursley Road, on the corner of Hursley Road and Boundary Street. That's it. The lady that's putting the, uh, the, the honky-tonk radio promotions, they're bringing in um, six amateur bulls, sort of. They're not big not big bulls, but they're going to get uh, the TRL challenge. Oh, so okay. Six, six TRL blokes, from uh, one from each club, and they're going to just have a charity ride. And just just for something to um, for the footballers to do while they're on break. <laughs> oh, and hope they don't break anything. Well, that's right. <laughs> and uh, you raise the money that you raise from this uh, is going to the Toowoomba Hospital Foundation. Uh, that is uh, a wonderful cause. It's very close to my heart, and I think it's uh, it's great that you you're doing that. Why why the the association with the Hospital Foundation? Well, mate, I was going to try and do it by myself and. Sort of finances sort of hit rock bottom at one stage, and a person said to me, "Approach the hospital foundation; they will um, be only too happy to give you a hand." And the rest is history. Yeah, they, they, Alison and, and, the, and the team there have been absolutely tremendous towards this um, event. Yeah. Oh, that is, it's great to hear, and they are a, a sensational team out there. Uh, so, uh, whatever you're looking for, cars, cowboys, and rock and roll, all at the one venue. Uh, the car show from two o'clock, and then uh, the bucking bulls, barrels, and bronx, and then uh, the in excess uh, show, which will be just brilliant. That'll kick off at around eight o'clock. Uh, now, there's food and uh, and beverage, everything available out there to purchase on site. Lee, there's food. There's um there's a bar, there's food, there's uh, probably five or six stalls. We've got Ringers Western, we've got Circle L, we've got the lady from out at um, Charlton, Hinchley, Arrow, um, all Western clothing wear, plus a, a few other people are going to put stalls there. Um, so they're going to have a, a variety of um, there's, uh, uh, clothes to buy if they're, if they're into buying the clothes. There's face painting, um, 
Yes, look, overall it's going to be a great day and um, I'm just hoping everyone can support it. All right, well, make sure you adhere to all the current COVID rules. You know them. Uh, we don't need to go through that, but what I can tell you is tickets are available either at the gate or through eventbrite.com.au. I'm looking at that uh, right now and you can go in there and grab yourself a couple of tickets for this sensational event for a wonderful cause. You're going to have a lot of fun. Saturday, February 26th from 2 o'clock in the afternoon out at the uh, Brothers uh, Rugby League grounds there, Glen Home Park on Hursley Road. Uh, Patrick, thank you for your time this morning, mate. Thanks for putting on a great event for a great local cause and all the very best with it on the day. Just while I got you there, Lee, we're going to have a... Um... <laughs> I think the Bulls need to be worried, don't you? I've seen some of those fellas. Uh, I'd be more worried if I was one of the Bulls. That'll be a yeah. lot of fun out there. How fantastic. Uh, and uh, get out there, get your tickets and support this wonderful event here locally. Thanks again, Patrick. Thanks very much, Lee. You cannot be serious! Yes, I'm serious. And since the invention of television, police around the world have used images of arrest to help discourage others from falling foul of the law. That has been taken to new heights with social media, with many police departments using the platform for humour and to brag about the latest bust. But not content with posting photos of confiscated drugs being incinerated or piled into a huge mound. No, that's so 2021. Police are now creating art installations from the narcotics themselves. So much so, security expert Christoph Harig has created a niche role for himself as a curator of drug bust photo op art. Yes, narco police around the world have been creating faces, logos, shapes and words with the cocaine capsules, pills and packages they've seized from traffickers in order to show off their drug war achievements. One video even showing a domino run of drug packages. And according to Harig, it often takes longer to set up the photo ops than the actual drug bust itself. So look out for the latest Netflix series, The Real Narcos of Instagram. But seriously, the police have nothing on this talented canine who earns more than 25 grand selling her paintings online. The Australian Shepherd has been painting for seven years and has sold her artwork all over the world. Owner Lisa Kite began teaching her nine-year-old dog Ivy how to paint when she was just two. Now, given Ivy is an Australian Shepherd, it makes sense that Lisa first taught her to get a beer from the fridge to impress her kids. Oh, and it gets better alongside basic commands like like sit, roll over and shake, Lisa claims Ivy has learned how to sort the washing, take her jacket off, wipe her feet and put coins in the bank. Really? I'm just happy if my Jack Russell doesn't get his head stuck in a cardboard box. You cannot be serious!